to this word in a minute, and I want you to grab your, if you got a Bible, I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, I know you're using your iPad, your iPhone. If you have an Android, we are believing God to do something great in your life. We are an apostolic people, amen, and uh, glory to God. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I bring you greetings all the way from another hot state. That's the state of Texas, where our people are worshiping in a thousand degree weather. Amen. <laughs> so I thank God for 93. It's a breeze. Glory to God. Hey, hey, I, I put a coat on in this. Amen. All right. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And then I want you to put your thumb in first, I'm sorry, in Psalm 33, the 33rd Psalm, verse 6, 1 Sam. Chapter 3, verse 19. I'm reading this scripture. I'm not going to exegete the scripture, but I want to insert the scripture into our conversation. Uh, it's from this thought and this premise that I'm going to deal and work for the next 25, 30 minutes, and then we'll see what Holy Spirit does after that. Amen? Oh, so I am a married man, but I take my ring off because sometimes my fingers shrink when I preach, and I have known, been known to throw my stuff out in the audience. Amen? And because I don't know y'all like that yet, I'm going to put it in my pocket. Glory to God. All right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. First Sam chapter 3, verse 19. I'm reading out the New American Standard. Uh, and let's get into this. Thus Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall. None of his words fail. I want you to go to Psalm chapter 33, verse 6. We'll start my argument here. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their host. Uh, for the next uh, few moments, I tell you what, I'll, I'll give you, I'm going to break all kinds of exegetical laws and type of theological laws and framework. I'm not going to give you the title just yet. I'll give it to you as the Lord gives it to me when I'm preaching it. Amen? All right. So I'm going to do something I haven't done before in a healthy way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share this word of God with your beautiful people here in San Bernardino, California. I thank you that the heavens are open over this region. And Father, I just come into agreement with every prayer that's been prayed in this house. I thank you that this house is safe. This is a safe zone in this community and in this region. And Father, we ask you for this word to do miraculous things let it go forth unchecked and unhindered by any outside force and we give you praise for it now in Jesus name do me a favor clap your hands one great time I said clap your hands oh ye people and shout to God with a voice of triumph if you've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy I need to hear you shout about it hallelujah all right let's get into this first Sam 319 thus Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words, King James says, fall to the ground. Hmm. All right. There's one thing that I have grown accustomed to. Thank you, sound people. There's one thing I've grown accustomed to. Let me tell you something before I get into this message. This is real ghetto, but y'all be all right. My best friend told me this house is crazy, Pastor YPJ. And he told me that y'all was nuts. So I'm preaching. I'm a little bit nervous, too, because I don't know what that meant. If that meant you're going to run up here and preach this thing with me. But uh, however you express yourself with your man of God, you okay to express yourself with me, all right? 
All right, all right. There's one thing I've learned about, the, about, about God that I've fallen in love with over the years. I've, I've fallen in love with his ways, and, and uh, sometimes I don't like them, but I'm learning to fall in love with his ways and, and his will. Sometimes I don't really understand it, but I'm learning to fall in love with the chase after his will. Uh, his power, I love his power, except, when it's, it, except for when I really don't understand how he's moving and, and, and the steps he takes me to to get to his power. But one thing I've learned to fall in love with consistently is the power of the prophetic decree. God's word is, is, is I mean, it's unmatchable. It's, un, it's unfathomable. It's, it's, it's without limits, without time. It's outside of time. It's without, without context of human understanding and human intellect. As a matter of fact, one thought from God is so big that if mankind really could try to handle it, it would explode him. Scripture says his ways are not like our ways and his thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. So it's hard to really, to really, to really handle the depth of God's thought. God's thought is august. It's, it's humongous. It's, it's magnanimous. His thought is amazing. As a matter of fact, men build entire theological reformations behind one idea from God. Paul Tillich, a well-known theologian who I like to read and study, said this. He said, the only thing that can cut between space and time is the power of the prophetic word. Which means the prophetic has the ability to go into your past. It can deal with your present to prepare you for tomorrow. It's the only thing in the earth that has the legal right to cut between realms. It's the prophetic. And so with that being said, I've learned that God is, I'm going to get in trouble here for you theologians, that God is a God who believes and moves in a system, a school of thought that the earth uh, has kidnapped and, and hijacked and made it their own. And that is the thought of evolution. Now, I know when you see evolution, you hear a preacher talk about evolution, you automatically get tense because we understand it from a Darwinistic perspective that evolution means we all have a common ancestor which we come from, which means monkeys and elephants come from bananas and, and human beings perhaps come from gorillas and things of that nature, that there's some common thread that brings us all together. And I would say that uh, there may be a piece of truth to that, but perhaps from a different perspective. Can I be smart for a moment? All right, in Darwin's understanding, Darwin teaches us that evolution is related to and has been descended from a common ancestor, the birds and the bananas, the fishes and the flowers. It, is the, it means that an organism's genetic code, the beneficial mutations are preserved because they aid survival. Watch this. It means that these beneficial mutations are passed on to the next generation. Let me, let me, let me, let me bring that down. It means this. It means that throughout the, throughout the landscape and the storyline, of a being that some type of genetic code is passed down throughout its DNA given to another generation to make it faster and stronger and even more intelligent than the previous generation. Somebody say yes. And so therefore many of us become twisted about the idea of evolution. But the truth of the matter is God is a God of evolution. Let me prove it to you. The scripture says like this, if any man be in Christ, He's a new creation. All things is the evolving have passed away and everything has become new, which means you don't look like what you're going to become like. So how I start is definitely how I'm going to finish. 
that where I am now is the seed portion of who I am. And I'm evolving into something else that God had already pre-purposed before the beginning of time. Now, you can't say anything like that without backing up what you're trying to say. Evolution is the process now or the formation of growth and development. In the 1620s, it means like this. It meant, it, meant, it meant an opening up of what was rolled up. It's the opening of what was rolled up. It's the, the Latin word evolutinum, which means to unroll like a book. It's the idea that suggests everything uh, that's necessary to your future is already on the inside of you, but somehow must be unrolled. (laughs) It's a scientific thought that when something evolves, it becomes stronger. Listen, independent from its previous resolve. Are you hearing me? So plants grow faster and stronger and animals sprout up larger and humans become smarter. So therefore evolution, we have to be tricky here because evolution carries the propensity to cause us to view progression as independence. And unfortunately, we've carried this thought process into our modern day church culture. How can I prove it to you? Everybody wants to lead, but nobody wants to be led. We have dynamic preachers, but dysfunctional spiritual fathers. Y'all quiet up in here. Which means that, so we get an idea, we we get a a revolution from the text, revelation from the text, and we believe that God has now called us to preach. It's the the evolution process that we want to skip. But when you skip levels, you skip lessons. Now watch this. Let's deal with the ministry of the word and marry the thought with evolution. Uh, First... John, John, John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. First legal thought that you and I must discuss very quickly is that nothing in the earth is here without something speaking it into existence. So at the genesis of all creation, the council of God sat with God and had an idea to, to form the earth. And the scripture says in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Watch this. And the earth, here's the tension in the text, Apostle Dumas, and the earth was without form. And darkness moved upon the face of the deep. Notice what it says. Here's the magic in the beginning of your text. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the earth was without, the earth was void. The earth was without form. And darkness moved upon the face of the deep. Now, can I use my eisegetical Christian imagination? Oh, I'm going to preach up in here. Can I use my eisegetical imagination? It works like this. The earth now has tension. Because apparently it seems like God has now invented something that's incomplete. It was suggested now at the beginning of time that God did a half job with the earth and a complete job with the, with the heavens. <laughs> the earth is completed, which means where God is and not only where God is, but even parts of the planetary vortex. 
We see, we see that there's an alignment in the, in the heavens that makes the heavens look perfect. And the earth is looking at the heavens and asking itself, why am I unfinished and that's complete? And the Bible says in verse 2, you ready for this? That the earth was without form and void. Now, can I tell you what that means? In the original language, the earth says it's, it's void in form. It's really a conversation with the text that Moses is writing. And in the Hebrew, it really suggests that the earth is confused. Which gives me the understanding in the revelation that, that confusement or confusing or to be confused is an emotional feeling. But it's an earthly feeling. So in your seasons of being confused... You are the most carnal you've ever been. But there's a reason why the earth is confused. Because the earth is trying to figure out how is heaven's perspective complete. But mine's, uh, not yet. Mine's is void and without form. There's tension automatically in this text because you got two realities. There's heaven's reality and then there's my reality as I'm looking toward heaven. Have you ever been there? Where you, where you see what the word of God says about a situation, but your situation doesn't look like what the hell. And in those moments we become confused. But confusing, to be confused, is an emotion that the earth began. That's why still is in travail, waiting for the manifestation, y'all quiet up in here, of the sons of God. The heavens are amazing because whenever God stops speaking in the earth, the heavens speak for God. Y'all don't believe the text. The Bible says in Malachi that, that the book was closed. That was 400 years. We call it in seminary the intertestamental period. Or as they say in uh, secular terms, the dark ages. This is when men had not heard from any prophet or any seer. God literally shut up all of heaven. Watch this. He shut up the spirit of God and did not allow a man to even be able to handle. And in this, in this season or when Pharisees and Sadducees come into power. Because religiosity is born when God stops talking. Now watch this. Watch this. In this season, I'm going I'm to I'm get there. I'm going to get there. In this season, as they're moving, God, heaven stops talking. So then only those who can study the stars. can hear what God was saying. <laughs> this is why they could study the planetary vortex and see which the eastern star was doing because they, they knew if God's not talking to people, he's talking to creation. Y'all just got through singing about it. And if creation's listening, they can tell him there's a baby born. Read your Bibles. So now there's tension here in this text in Genesis chapter 1. And why is this amazing to me? Because it's born out of a place of revelation. Can I prove a text? 
uh, we see that, that Moses, who is the author of Genesis, is a man who, is, who literally is a man who has a homicidal tendencies. He's a man of anger, but he's also a man of seclusion. And so God now secludes this man with the children of Israel in the book of Exodus. And it's in this season that Moses is having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. He hides himself. This. God puts him in the crack of a mountain, puts his hand on top of the mountain because Moses asked to see his glory. And he says, I can't show you my face because if I show you my face, it'll destroy you. Your flesh can't handle what I'm looking at. You'll get that when you get home. So I'll just let you see my history. My hind parts. Took his hand off the mountain. Kept walking. And Moses looked at the history of God. And pinned in the beginning. God created the heavens. And the earth. Can I just insert this isogenical thought? I believe that Moses saw the tension between the earth and heaven. And the reason why there's tension, Apostle Dumas, is because of this. God had not spoke to the earth yet. Whenever God's not speaking is when we come into a season of confusement. Because the voice of God is a thing that should be leading his children. But the times when I can't hear God about this marriage, about this career choice, about this college, come on now, about my children, about this church, about my future, is the time when I'm not really hearing from God. And God, here's the point, does it on purpose. Sometimes his silence is for the purpose of evolution. There's about 20 people in here that are in a season right now where you've been waiting to hear God's voice for the next. Let me tell you something. Don't you be discouraged. God's about to speak to your situation. He was just trying to grow you and evolve you and make you tough enough and ready enough to handle what's about to come into you in this next season. If you believe it, shout yes. Shout yes. Now watch this. The earth is void. Oh yeah. The earth is void. Without form. Darkness moves upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moves. I'm in your text. Let me tell you Pentecostal something. The first thing filled in the earth with the Holy Ghost was not people. The first time we see the Holy Ghost feel something, it feels the earth itself. That the introduction of the Holy Spirit was resting on something. (laughs) Which gives us a legal principle that if he's not resting on you, you're not really anointed. God can't create in anything he's not resting on. That's why when you get ready to get mad, you want to make sure he's resting on that decision. Before you walk your tail down the aisle and say, I do. You want to make sure he's resting on that choice. Before you take that career change. He wants to make sure he's resting. Before you lay hands on the sick. 
Can we walk this text for a little bit? So there's confusion now. Somebody shout, the earth was confused. Say it again, the church, the, the earth is confused. Say it loud, the earth is confused. See, whenever a man or woman doesn't hear a word from God, there is always confusion because confusion becomes your companion. So the spirit of God moves upon the face of the deep and God says, let there be light. First conversation God has. I'm still going to deal with the word, the prophetic decree. Here it is. The first conversation, he says, let there be light. When I was a kid, y'all ready for this? I grew up in a hardwood floor, hard chair, 1940s built sanctuary with bubble gum that's been 20, 30 years old underneath the hardwood chair. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That you can touch with your hands. And I grew up in a tongue-talking, demon-chasing, casting out the devil, holiness, Pentecostal church of God in Christ. You couldn't join in. You had to be born in. They didn't change it now, but back in our day, you couldn't join. You had to be born into it. When I was a kid, we had these things called shut-ins. And the mothers, the mothers would pray. You know, the mothers would pray, and they, and they have, you know, they, they bring blankets for the kids. And uh, we would sleep while they were praying. And Dumas, I remember that we had a mother in the back in the corner. Mother Lewis, she'd be, ho! She, that, she, that's what she would holler when they praying. Lord, ho! Ho, my, 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 huh? You know, that's what I heard. But there was this one mother named Mother Walker. Mother Walker was a sweet, sainted mother. And she, she made tea cakes for the kids at the church. Tea cakes. I'm from Texas. Tea cakes. Let's take them tea cakes. We need them tea cakes. She sell them for a quarter. Back in the day. And mother, mother, mother would get to praying, though. And she didn't do no, hey, mama, 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 huh? No, no, no. She had one tongue. It was higher. Oh, some of y'all know about that? I don't even know why I'm even going here with this. She said, Haya. And one day, I was studying the word. And I was reading it in the Hebrew. Through the Rashi commentary. And I'm going through it. And it said, let there be light. I did the exegetical word on that, let there be. And it came up to one word. Haya. And I said, Father, what are you trying? He said, look up the word haya and what it really means. When God said, let there be, he didn't say light appear. He said, light come out of there. Y'all missed that. The earth was complaining about being dark. But when God spoke to it, he spoke to its potential and its capacity. And he said, light, come out of there. I came to tell 25 people in this house this afternoon that you're not depleted. You don't lack potential. God said, come on out of there. Come on out of there. 
Everything on the inside of you is just one word to be called out of you. Your millionaire status just needs to be called out of you. Your next relationship needs to be called out of you. Your bank account of large needs to be called out of you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Those people say, I got I to evolve. I got to evolve. God's just waiting on me to change my mind. He's waiting on me to mature. Your next word, you wasn't mature enough for yet. But I came to tell somebody, he about to be talking all week long. He's about to tell you. And everything he said won't fall to the ground. Now watch this. Sit down. So now we... Hey, hey, hey. Almost there. I got 14 minutes. 14 minutes. Just tell somebody, I just need a word. I need a word. I don't need the relationship. I just need a word. I don't need the boyfriend. I just need the word. I ain't got to change jobs. I just need a word. I ain't got to leave my church. I just need a word. I ain't got to trade in my husband. I just need a word. I just need God to speak to me. And if you can tell me what's light come out of there just look at your neighbor and say neighbor higher is about to be your next season higher higher oh yes oh yes you on your way up you on your way up 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 in the way up 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 in the way oh yes somebody shout higher higher he's speaking to my potential he's speaking to my destiny he's speaking to my future up 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 and away up 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 higher y'all have a seat y'all taking my time have a seat have a seat have a seat People behind you can't see. Have a seat. Have a seat. I feel expectation rising in this room. You're going to be looking everywhere for the Lord's voice. Watching cartoons, trying to hear his God speaking. Is he speaking through this commercial? Is he speaking through my kids? Is he speaking through that billboard? Higher! Now watch this. So the Bible says, Shows us now. I'm going to give you three instances and I'm done. Let me tell you how powerful this word is about to be in your next season. You ready? This word that God speaks to you next. So I read 1 Sam 3 because I want to show you that none of your pastor's words have fallen to the ground. And I heard that some of you wonder, I got this word that he released. He said this over my family and it hadn't came to pass yet. It's not the word's fault. You just hadn't evolved yet. And there's another group of y'all that's saying, well, he never prophesies over me. It's not because he don't see you. He's asking God, but God's quiet because he wants to see something roll out of you first. Now watch this. So, Moses... The one who wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Moses, Moses is a homicidal maniac. He's born 
in a conflicted situation. The decree is to kill every boy, little boy, to kill him. His mother has him quick. She nurses him, weans him, and then pushes him down the Nile River, which is a revelation all in itself. Because remember, they were supposed to kill every boy in that river. Moses is one who survives in what everybody else died in. <laughs> Moses now is, 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 is at a place. Y'all got to hear this. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Moses is at a place where Moses is thinking to himself. He's like, you know, I don't like the way these Egyptian taskmasters are treating these people. And so something in Moses has a reaction he's never felt before. See, when you're close to the thing God is calling you into, you know what God is calling you to based on your level of frustration. See, y'all, see, some of y'all, I don't know about California, but in Texas, we get it twisted. We think that the gift is the purpose. I've learned that your gifts are not your why. They accompany your why. They help you administrate your why. They may even lead you to your why. But they are not your why. Your frustrations are your why. Because we were called not to create confusion but to answer questions. And the reason why it frustrates you is because you got on the inside of you the DNA to solve it. Moses sees taskmasters beating up some Jews and gets upset. Why should he? He living life like an Egyptian. But what was rolled up in him began to manifest. And he fought on behalf of the Jews, the Israel, Israel, Hebrews. Then God speaks to him at a burning bush because God used his mistake, <laughs> his failing toward his why, to give him definition to what he was actually called to do. Because in the season of God's voice, it disrupted the cycle of anger that was on Moses, y'all quiet, and pulled him into his prophetic why in the first place. Are you hearing me? We need the text. I'll prove it. John 4. In this season, number one, with Moses, the word that God's about to release over you now is about to disrupt your cycles. That's number one. But number two, let's deal with another person. There's a woman sitting at a well. And she's at a well. And the well is where people came to meet people. It's in Genesis. You'll see where Jacob went to look for, you know, look for Laban. He saw Rachel. Y'all know how that story goes. The well, historically, is where the community came to even fix marriages. It's, read it. It's, it's, in, it's in the well. There's a woman at the well. Jesus at the well, sitting on Jacob's well. She sees Jesus, and she says... He says to her, hey, woman, give me something to drink. Now, y'all think Jesus talks in this British King James accent, but that's a lie. <laughs> Can I do it in the KIV? It's not out yet. This is Kevin's International Version. It'll come out soon. But it's safe. It's not in red. It's in, it's in white. 
Jesus says, woman, give me something to drink. And her background as a Samaritan, she, you know, she starts clutching her pearls. And she says, uh, she says, uh, do you know who you're talking to? And Jesus is so cool, he says, woman, if you would have known the gift of God, see, y'all got to talk that Bible. And who it was that was asking you for water. You'd be asking me for something to drink. Her posture shifted. Hey, she started grabbing air. Am I good, Dumas? And she says, she says, watch this, y'all, watch this, watch this. I'm going to let you in. He says, he says, woman, where's your husband? And she says, I ain't got no husband. Now, Jesus is not just Jesus the Christ. According to John 1, he's the glossary. He's also the word of God. He's the word made flesh that dwelt among us. He's grace and truth. John 1. So the word of the Lord came through the word. And the, the word shifted her posture. He says, you're right. You answer rightly. You've had five. And the one you're with is not even yours. Now, mind you, you couldn't be married twice illegally like that and not have been stoned. So that scripture's not talking about marriage. It's saying she's been in adulterous relationships five times and the guy she's sleeping with is somebody else's husband. But when the prophetic word came to the woman, he shifted her conversation for trying to make Christ number seven Read your Bible. The next thing she's talking to him about is worship. In this next season, can I tell you what's about to happen? God's about to shift your conversation for what you were talking about and pulling you into a whole other dimension of where you speak. He rolled out of her. What was already on the inside of that woman? Are you hearing me? He pushed her over into a whole new revelation. She always wanted to know about the worship. But she couldn't get there until the word spoke to her. Last one. And I got it done for four minutes. Blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be invited back. <laughs> Write that down, preachers. Watch this. Last one. Can I give you one more? Apostle, one more is good? I got four minutes, 23 seconds. Y'all ready for the last one? Matthew 16. Jesus has been chilling with his guys for three years now. Coming to the close, to the close of their time together. Yeah. And (laughs) he told me I got like I'm at home. That's what I do at home. And, and, and And so Jesus asked them the question, who do men? He answers the question, say that I, the son of man, am. They say, well, that's easy. Some say you T.D. Jakes. 
Some say you're Apostle Sherman Dumas. Some say you're Apostle Matthew Stevenson. <laughs> he says, but who do you say that I'm? I would have been tense here because I've been pouring into your big head for the last three years. And y'all ain't got a clue about who I am. A hush came upon the room. I, I, notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, what's my name? See, in the church culture we live in, everybody know his name. But knowing his name don't mean you know him. He says, who do men say that I He said, well, who do you say that I am? And they, Peter said. He said, Peter. He says, uh, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He stops him. He says, flesh and blood did not tell you that. But my father, which is in heaven, which means you got this by revelation. You got this through a word. This didn't come from no, from no book. This came from the word, by, by rhema, by inspiration, by prophetic decree. Are you hearing me? He says, he says, flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, Simon Barjona. But I say that thou art Peter. And upon what you just said, I'll build my church. Here's the revelation. When you come into the knowledge of who he is, he immediately tells you who you are. That when a prophetic decree comes over your life from a man or woman of God, it comes to confirm, define, or redirect what you thought about yourself. I got one more. This is for free. You ready? The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 that Jeremiah, who some feel was probably about 13 years of age, young man, God is teaching him about the prophetic and what he's called to do. And he says to him, don't say that you're a child. He's, he's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm young, my speech. He said, no, don't say your child. He says, before you was formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I had intimacy with you, which means we had a relationship before you said yes. Here's my argument. You ready? I'm done. He says, before you was formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and ordained. So I set you aside for something specific. Right now, you can't see it as you are. But you already agreed before you said yes. This is why y'all have deja vus. Because what's happening is, you're seeing what you already saw. Every now and then, you can be driving on the highway. I mean, hold up, don't mind moves. Everybody shut up, be still. I seen this whole thing played out. Oh, of course you did. Because before you said yes, God already gave you the script about what you were going to fulfill in the earth. All you need is confirmation that you're in the right place at the right time. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, PK got the title of his message. And the message is, remember the time. What does that mean? 
this ain't new to you. You're just trying to catch up to what God already did. I wish I, I wish I had about 25 people in this room that know you just playing out a script that was already written. God's just trying to get you to evolve, to catch up in time to what he already ordained before time concerning your life. Would you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to evolve. It's time to mature. It's time to grow up, to get ready for the next place, the next voice, the next prophetic decree that God wants to release over your life. It's time to remember what God has replaced on the inside of who you are. Watch this. Stand to your feet. When the scripture said, none of Samuel's words, apostle, none of apostle Dumas' words have fallen to the ground. It didn't fall. It was his birthday. Today's his birthday. 38 years. I was sitting there and this thought hit me. There was a man sitting at a pool for 38 years. And every time he wanted to get well, every time he wanted to get well, he said somebody came up before him and beat him to it. What kind of relationships did he have, first of all? That would wake up daily, bring him to the pool, but not help the boy get in. You know what changed that culture? A word. <laughs> the word walked right up to him. It said, Will thou be made whole? On this man's birthday, some cycles are breaking in this room. Let me tell you why. You don't just have an apostle. Please come right here. You have a prophet. And the prophetic, the, the prophetic is so powerful because you can use your man of God as a model for what heaven wants to do in your life next. So you're not drawn here because it's all nations, worship assembly, San Bernardino. You're drawn here because of what's on this man's grace. You didn't choose him. God chose him and her for you. And I'm telling you, none of his words have fallen to the ground. Grab hands the person next to you. They didn't fall. They didn't fall. But some of us buried them. Some of us, some of us, some of us are not in a receiving position for them. Some of us are intimidated by them. And some of you have not moved on what God told you to move on. I was brought to this place to cause you, number one, to resurface that thing on the inside of your soul. Squeeze your neighbor's hand. We're going to pray real quick. You're about to awaken every dream. It's bigger than just writing a book. Ah, there's curriculums on the inside of you. Woo! And you said no. You walked away from it. His word didn't fail. No, no, no. On his birthday, 
You're going to come back next year with a giant in your hand. Apostle, look what I slayed. Look what I slayed. Squeeze your neighbor's hand. We get ready to resurrect some words. Woo! We get ready to dig some words up in this room. I want you to take the next few moments and pray for your neighbor before you pray for yourself. Lord, let every word, every word you've ever released over my life, let it come to pass. Your spirit did not forget. It's your head that may have forgot, but your spirit is of the, of the spirit of God and his spirit can recall back to your remembrance everything spoken over you. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we're holding our neighbor's hand, we pray for a resurrection of every word, every prophetic decree that's been released over your people in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, forgive us for walking away from prophetic assignments. Forgive us for letting shame and condemnation manipulate us out of the thing you've spoken over our lives. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, we repent we apologize but now we go back and get every decree every promise every prophetic word spoken over our lives for this word will not fall to the ground come on pray is that how you pray open your mouth and pray for your neighbor come on pray until that dream starts to be born again pray shake it loose up 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 let that higher be their reality come on pray church pray pray for your neighbor pray for that word pray for that school pray for that business pray for that opportunity oh yes you shall run for city council you shall run for your school board you shall be the next mayor of your city you shall be at the house of representatives come on now pray pray dig up every word dig up every decree write that album start that business record that project travel the world it's on you to do it you will have that family you will get married you will come on church pray it come on pray it pray for them wake that dream up wake that word up let them be higher 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 Turn that hand loose and give the Lord a shot of prayer. I dare you to touch seven people. Say it's still coming to pass. Every word, every word. Y'all ain't moving. You looking like Alice in Wonderland. Tell them it's still coming. It's still coming. My apostle's words will never fall to the ground. My apostle's words will never fall to the ground. My leader's words will never fall to the ground. Everything spoken is coming. San Bernardino! San Bernardino! Here comes all nations. Ontario! Here comes all nations. San Francisco! Here comes all nations. LA! Here comes all nations. Ready! Here comes all nations. Oh,
Sacramento, here comes our nation. If you believe it, shout about it. Shout about it. Shout about it. Let there be, let there be, let there be no limits. Let there be no distractions. Let there be no barriers. Y'all better praise him. You better praise him. You better praise him. You better praise him. You better praise him. Let hell know that you're coming.